Welcome to the Woke Blokes podcast, hosted by Nick Sutherland from MindFit and Ryan Hassan from the Center for Healing. Let's get into today's episode. It's not a seven-hour story. So. My, my, mine wasn't even a seven-minute story, let alone a seven-hour story. And you know what? I actually traced back because when I was editing those, because remember I had a month off coffee and I did zero yeah. caffeine for a month. And that was the first two weeks that I was back on coffee was when I started crapping on with those stories because I felt like I was on drugs again, for God's sake, when I was back on coffee those first two weeks. It felt, it felt like seven hours. It, it did, like it did. It was, they, were, they were a little bit drawn out. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Woke Blokes podcast. Uh, Ryan Hassan from the Centre for Healing here, joined by Nick Sutherland from MindFit. And we have a very special guest today who we will introduce in a minute. We're very excited to talk to you. But first, Nick has a Nick has a story instead of me today. No, it's not a story. It's just a um, kick back, everyone. Sit sit Seg- cross legged on the ground. Um, you know, listen to Uncle Nick tell his story. I get my get my smoking jacket and my pipe out. <laughs> I don't know why I went to Sean Connery then. <laughs> yeah, I know you did. It's 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 not a story. It was just a, a nice little segue that um, Em and I went to her parents for dinner the other night, and her, it was a stepdad's birthday. Shout out to Ian if you're listening to this one, Ian. And but he said something interesting. He goes, "Nick, you and Ryan are very clever." And I was like, "Oh, okay, that's interesting. Where, where's this going?" And he goes, "I started listening to the podcast, and it was just two blokes talking and just talking about shit." And yeah, you know, we were just telling me about your hamburger house and and how it was just tripping on the chips and everything. That's the sort of stuff that we do for the first five, ten hours <laughs> long it's been because it's just the whole purpose of this podcast was just you and I catching up, basically. Mm-hmm. So it was interesting to hear this bloke mention that and he says but the clever part is that you've already sucked this into the stories and then you start talking about the deeper stuff so we're already hooked we're already we're already right. in the net and then that, you start that's, talking that's unintentional that by the way well i said to him thanks thanks Ian, but i don't think i can claim that cleverness because um <laughs> yeah it's, it's completely unintentional but it's unintentional so, um, cleverness on our part yeah yeah. yeah, but it was it was just really interesting in, interesting feedback that, because that's sort of yeah that's how it all began was just you and I catching up having a chin wag and maybe people listen to it maybe they won't. Yeah, and today we're lucky enough to have a guest on. Nick, can you please introduce the wonderful Christy to the audience? Audience, meet the wonderful Christy. Christy, meet the wonderful audience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Christy uh, is a client of MindFit. She's in a 12-month program. Uh, and I, I wanted to invite Christy on today because, A, she's a huge fan of the podcast. <laughs> a clever of you, Nick. I, um, actually, I do tell it to no, but it was more so because I think Christy's a, a, a great example of um, someone who's reached out and asked for help, and we'll, we'll get her to tell that story later, but also of what can happen um, when you put the work in, as we keep talking about, right? So, you know, Christy recognised that her metaphorical garden was out of shape and needed some weeding, and she she's jumped into that garden and really embraced the, the whole... Um, 
way of, of looking after it and tending to it. So I thought it'd be cool to get her on and just, you know, get some people out there that are listening that may be on the edge of, of reaching out and getting help with someone or people, you know, other clients that are sort of starting their journey in the program to hear what what can be achieved um, when you do the work. So, yeah. Awesome. I'm looking forward to this. Let's maybe kick off, Christy, with um, how you actually found MindFit because I believe you might have seen the MindFit Batmobile in the streets and that's how it all started. I did. I was driving down the highway one day um, and I saw this number plate and I thought, oh, what's this personalised number plate? Why can't they spell correctly? I had a whole story going on about this truck. And... And I went, mind fit. I thought, that's what I'm after. Like, that's that's perfect. Anyway, I thought I'm not going to just jump into, I'd done a little bit of other work around this, you know, over the years, and um, I thought I'm not just going to jump into another thing where I was paying money and, you know. So um, I Googled mind fit and then the podcast came up and I thought I'll listen to that, see what these, this man's like, you know, you know, so I had a listen and it really immediately clicked with me. I just, I stepped right out of the pit that I dug for myself, really. So, yeah, it just, I love the podcast. I just think it's such common sense, really. And, you know, you cover so many different good um, topics. And, you know, I know it's for men's mental health predominantly, but I think it applies to everybody. You know, it just... Oh, of course. Yeah, it's called Woke Blokes. But, I mean, you know, we all got mental health. We all got the same stuff kind of going on up here. But um, it's... (laughs) Yes, Nick, that's right. Um, Did you have the issue, like, when you typed in MindFit into Google and Google's like, did you mean MindFit, like, with an I? Like, you spelled it wrong? Yeah. 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 Yes. Nick Nick trying to be edgy, isn't it, Nick? Mm. Trying to be cool. No, we've been, we've been over this. Nick gets a bit funny when I talk about that. Um, so, so Christy, you've Googled, you've had a listen to the to the podcast, and obviously there was a point where you're like, okay, this is this is making sense. I'm gonna I'm gonna reach out to it Nick. Was the, it was the first. It was the first episode, Hass. Right. Um, that that Christy said it was immediate. It was that first episode. So, what, what do you remember? If you cast your mind back, if you leave the the here and now, Christy, jump in your time machine and go back in your memory and, and recall what it was what it was exactly that sort of pulled you out of that pit that you spoke about. I can't remember. I, I keep thinking I'm going to go back. Okay, good chat. Yeah. All right, thanks. <laughs> I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was just about not taking things personally. Um, you know what other people do you know, is really never, ever about you. It's about them. And I thought I, I had done another um, sort of self-help course and things, which put me on track for a while, but there's no um, there's no homework. There's no every day. It's sort of you do it and then it's done. And and you do, you sort of go back into bad habits, you know, and I think it's, and this is a little bit, um, mind fits a little bit more, uh what can I say? Um, I think it's a bit more polished than this other thing. Yeah, I think, I, I think um, old, old polished really- Nick over there, we, we use the, um, the, you know, the gym analogy kind of thing. It's like, you know, we can go to the gym and we can get in fantastic shape, but it's not like we just go, all right, I'm done now. And then we just stop going to the gym and everything. And then we find ourselves out of shape again in, you know, whether it's three months, six months, one year. And like you said, a lot of those habits yeah. and, and mental health issues start to creep back in again. 
and I think it was that you were all you were both discussing you know about you know practicing daily practice daily exercise for your mental health as well as your physical health I was like that's so sensible and yeah just that's it really clicked with me and I really did step right out of just immediately you know how I was feeling because I just yeah I hadn't slept for years you know about six years I you know had a bit of a uh, an adult tantrum I suppose we call it you know so yeah and when, yeah. when you said you weren't sleeping you were just getting bugger all sleep for that time yeah I, you know I, there was a, um i had a bit of a significant event in my life and i um yeah i just thought you know just went into this kind of you know really questioned my um my own self-worth and just I'd be awake all night, I'd just be crying actually, yep. quietly. My husband wouldn't know, but he used to know. He'd, he'd be like, he'd put his arm around me and whatever. And, yeah. But, you know, there was just nothing that I could do to change that that thought process, you know. Yeah, was, it's frustrating. Frustrating, isn't it? I've been there myself. Um, yeah. And so you listened to the first episode and then reached out to Nick from there and, and booked in a, what do you got, got Nick, the discovery episode. session? Yeah, I listened to a few episodes actually and I got really hooked on it, right? And then I, um, I called Nick and I think I'd listened to a, about eight or nine episodes and then I thought, oh, I'm going to go and do this, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, that was good. Yeah, Actually, no, I, I, I remember you said you were binging on them, Christy. You, was, mm. you had to sort of you had to only allow yourself two or three a day, I think, at one stage. Yes. Yeah, well, I was becoming a little bit dependent on it, actually. <laughs> we'll have to start, start a support group, Woke Blokes Anonymous. <laughs> Limit your intake. I also, what, what Christy was talking about earlier was, was really important, I think, in her coming to an understanding that, hey, she had mental health and, and yeah, she, she tried some things. But I think the way that we frame it at MindFit is – was was what resonated with Christy, if my memory serves me correctly, because it was it was about that, yeah, you know, getting your mind in shape, and and you know we we constantly talk about cognitive distortions and and how we get spaghetti brain, and and I remember Christy the first session, you know the the spaghetti brain was on full display, um, and she just had no capacity to self manage or self regulate or choose how she thought or felt or behaved, you know, even going to sleep was was she can most for most of us have the luxury of choosing to sort of fall asleep where some people don't because the mind is racing or whatever so she was stuck in these distortions and and it was it was pretty you know from the 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 luxury of my um my objective seat here it was, it was pretty easy to see what was going on but you know as you know house and and i know from first hand you, you can't see what's going on when you're in it so mm-hmm. Basically, my role with clients is just to act as a mirror and reflect to clients what they're doing. Um, and to Christy's credit, she really took that well. She she allowed allowed that that process to happen. Um, and then I just asked them, you know, how's this working for you? And if they say, well, it's not okay, cool. Well, well, let's start making some changes. But it's not just let's talk about what's happening. It's let's actually you know, change this root cause and, and, you know, but you've got to do so much work outside of these sessions, which to Christy's credit, she's really done. So yeah, I really want to get to that, the, the work outside of sessions because it's such an important point. Um, but just a couple of things there, which I think are important as well are, 
Um, a lot of people do get caught in the trap, whether they've done, you know, a, a self-help program or gone and seen a psychologist or gone and had a shamanic healing or whatever it is. And then we kind of, you know, get to the point where we're back in our old habits. And a lot of time we can just say, well, none of that stuff works for me. And we kind of throw therapy just in general out the window and i think what you did you were you were cautious in the like when you saw the the, the car and everything i'm like i'm not going to jump straight in but i'm going to go and do a little bit of research but you still had the um you know i think the, the sense and everything to do a bit your research and say yes i think i believe this is something that can help me and take that step because i i just think so many people have a they can have a negative experience or just have a neutral experience where they do fall back into old habits and then just sort of aren't open to trying anything else but it sounds like you're probably in enough pain to to, to still want to try yeah definitely so i over the years i i grew up in fairly i had a lovely family great, great grand lovely grandparents and whatever but my mother and father separated when i was about five so i grew up in quite an abusive household you know and i never really had an issue with that i was like all right stuff happens you can't help that and I was lucky that I had very um, loving grandparents lovely uncles and aunts and things so you know I had sort of I was supported really um, through that but you know over the years everyone's like oh you need counselling you need this you know so I went to lots of counsellors and things and um, I just I got sick of retelling the story like it's exhausting and I think I've lived that I don't want to go through this again I want something to you know, I want to move forward, basically. Yeah. I And this so um, this other, you know, couple of days that I did a few, I actually did it when I was about 30 and then I um, had a, an interesting experience when I turned 40 and um, and went back again and did the advanced course. And I was really good for a little while, but then I just went back down the slide. And, um, yeah, but I, I do feel... From the minute I started listening to your podcast, I thought your, your um, strategies and your advice and everything, they're just so good and they work. And it is and it is that consistency of always looking after your mental health, you know. This is a real ego-feeding podcast for me, Nick. I've been called clever. I've been called intelligent. The podcast is great. Well, I, was I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. I could see the head swelling. Yeah. I might take yeah. up the whole screen in a minute. Um, so... Um, yeah, I think we, we need to uh, address these things in the past that have happened to us if we're still holding on to certain emotions and stories around them. But by going back and telling our story over and over again, we're actually just embedding that neural network into the brain. So a lot of the times um, it can actually be counterproductive to what we're trying to do because it's like yes let's deal with what needs to be dealt with but now we need to start looking at the tools and everything moving forward to you know build the life that we want to live because like i said otherwise if i just i'm telling the same story over and over again i hear it so many so much from clients as well where they're like i go and speak to someone but i could basically just be speaking to a friend except i'm paying 150 bucks <laughs> instead of going to have a coffee with a friend and just venting you know yeah so yeah it's um I'll rub your ego a bit more. Um, Please do. So Nick gives all this, you know, um, you know, it was, I was listening to Ram Das and I was listening to Dom Miguel Ruiz and, you know, reading books and all this stuff and it was all fantastic. But I have to say the podcast is the best resource for me. I find that really no, – so I need to be brought I, down a peg. I need Melissa to come downstairs and tell me I've done something wrong. I need to deflate the ego. I really – it's so relatable, you know. It's – you know, and everybody is the same really at the end of the day. 
You know, we all yeah. have our anxieties. You know, a lot of people don't admit to that, but we do. And it's so funny now. I look at people and I think, oh, there's their anxiety. Screw it out there. Yeah, well, it's, there's this wonderful... Um, uh, like a meme, I remember, I've, I've probably still got it on my phone, but I found it years ago and it's like a whole b- bunch of people and there's like a thought bubble, but they've all got, it's the same thought and it's like everyone's got their shit together, but I don't know what the hell's going on, but they're all thinking the same thing. And it's like, once you start to do this work, you realise no one's got it all figured out. Everyone's yeah. sort of got, got these old patterns and wounds they're playing out and, um, you know, you start to see more clearly. Yeah, absolutely. I, po- I posted a... a- Instagram post uh, last year, I think. I think it's been one of the most popular ones and it was just simply, it's okay, everyone, none of us have any idea what we're doing. And mm. and you could hear the relief coming through from so many people. Like, you know, and people look at us, Hass, and, and you know, I'd make sure clients don't start comparing themselves to me um, because, you know, mm. obviously have been doing this a lot longer than them, but I'm also ignorant, incompetent and mediocre. And so are you, Hass, so... That's one for your ego. Thank you for um, that. You're welcome. <laughs> and yeah, but I think that what comes through from so many clients is that relatability is what makes this so accessible and what makes this so easy to sit with. And, and we're not talking psycho babble or jargon or anything. It's it's just yeah, this is what's going on. Can you see that? Can you understand it? Great. This is how to change it. Now just get to work and start doing that. Yeah, because a lot of you found it, Christy. A lot of yeah, go, Christy. You go first. Uh, I was going to say, you know, what else came out of this for me? You know, you, everybody has their stuff with their partner. You know, the same thing that you argue over all the time. But I think from this, I I've calmed right down, but my husband has too. But I I think back now, and I wasn't allowing him to have his own anxieties or his own stuff. You know, and I I really see that a lot more clearly now and I have to say our relationship is so much calmer and I actually think it's, it's me not him now that's so beautiful well, re- relationships are co-creation but um yeah, yeah. It, it's interesting when, when we come at it from when our communication is delivered from a non-heightened compassionate mm-hmm. constructive energy uh, it, it has such a different ripple effect because we're not making it about us or the ego or, or I, I don't have to win this argument or anything. It's not a competitive, destructive, ego-based, you know, we're not really rigid. We can actually sit and listen. And I had a, a client shout out to Tom over in the UK uh, the other day to say the most wonderful thing. He said, my partner, my partner said the other night, oh, I always feel skint. And so for those of you that are listening around the world, skint is a UK word for, for feel broke or don't have any money. And he said, she, she said that a lot in the last couple of months, um, but I'd never really heard it. And, and it took me back to something that happened in, in high school. A teacher said to me, Nick, you're not listening. And I said, I am listening. I'm just not hearing you. And, yeah. and I think he was doing exactly the same thing. And, and we're all so guilty of it because we're, we're, we're in our heads waiting. We're not actively listening very much. We're waiting to speak. Um, and, and, but every time he heard her say, I, I feel really skint all the time, his ego popped up and made it about him. And, so it was, and then he, 
he stepped out of the reality of what is that she just felt broke and then I started applying this meaning through using these distortions and making it about him and he's like oh so I'm not good enough I'm not supportive enough I don't make enough money I'm not working hard enough and so he'd go and flog himself at work and do overtime and all this stuff and he said I actually heard because we stripped his ego a couple of sessions ago it was a ripper <laughs> session and and he came back and he said, when she said, I feel skint, he goes, the most amazing thing happened. I just heard her and I heard her just saying, oh, this is how I feel. And I didn't have to do anything with that. I didn't need to do anything with it. It wasn't about me. It was just her expressing how she was feeling. I didn't have to fix anything. I didn't have to do anything. And he said they had this three-hour conversation after that where they just spoke and, and were in this really – a beautiful space where they listened and learnt and yeah, but all all came from um, yeah, getting rid of that. It that sounds like they were able to from able to connect, you know, because it's this human yeah, thing. Like yeah. we need to fix. It's a very masculine energy. It's like problem oh, fix, yeah. problem fix, problem fix. You know, when it's like you know when someone's just expressing how they feel, there's no fixing um, to be done there. And I love um, what you said, Christy, about the, the sort of relationship dynamic changing because every relationship and it doesn't have to be romantic relationship. It can be, you know, friendships or anything like that. There's a dynamic or there's an energy basically. Yeah. And so when we start to work on ourselves, that actually changes the dynamic or the energy of that relationship. Like there's an energy between us three right now. And um, our romantic relationships are kind of the biggest magnifying glass because that's where most of our baggage gets brought up and we see it time and time again that when we start to notice things within ourselves and change our energy it will also change the energy of our partner or these relationships and I've said this on the podcast before but the amount of especially guys I've worked with who you know will come in and say you know the my wife my wife's the source of all my problems she's this she's that she's, she's ruining my life you know for god's sake i just need to get rid of her and then we do some work around normally a mother wound um around and then the next week i'll come in and i'll be like oh how's things at home and they'll say mate you wouldn't believe it my wife's completely changed she's acting differently she's talking differently i'm like she isn't doing shit differently she just you've changed your energy so the dynamic has changed you know and that's so important for people to understand he's changed his beliefs around her you know, beliefs create the perception perception creates the reality so you know we've spoken about it again has heaps through the the episodes that it's funny how when you come out of doing the bulk of the work that initial work Everything seems to have changed, but nothing's changed. You know, it's, it's all still the same, but you've changed, and you're you're looking at it from a, through a different lens or filter. You're 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 experiencing the stimulus through a completely different filter as well. So, yeah, it's a really uh, interesting. Yeah, well, way let's to, let, to get it, through. It. It's a different framework. It's like let let me let me work in here as opposed to out here. Because what most people are doing is trying to change people and circumstances to make them feel okay. When it's like, why don't I just try and make myself feel okay first? Because then everything else um, becomes okay. So, Christy, I'd love to talk about the, um, you know, the work outside of sessions. Because obviously, you know, in a session, I'm sure with Nick, you're going through all of these different cognitive distortions and changing your perceptions and all that kind of stuff. But it's so important for people to understand that there's, there is this work outside of sessions to be done if we want to really get to the place that we want to get. So what are some of the things that you're sort of um, putting into your day-to-day -day life um, in regards to your mental health? So meditation, that's been a really big one. After the first couple of, after the first couple of sessions, I said to Nick, my goodness, I said, I'm a nurse. 
And I said, who would have thought oxygen would be so helpful to your health? Like, you know, because I'd, I'd start breathing, I'd be off to sleep. Like, four breaths I'd get to or something. And, and I've actually been doing it the last few nights because I wasn't quite expecting Nick to book me in so soon to speak with you. And I thought, oh, he said to me, when are you free on Friday? I said, oh, this week, you know. He goes, good. I thought he was wanting to change an appointment. Anyway, so I, <laughs> I have been a bit uh, wakeful. But, yeah, but it works. The, so you're, so you're doing the meditation at night time? Um, sometimes, no, all through the day. So I don't awesome. do a big meditation session, but I'll yep. sit. If I'm starting to get a bit wound up about things, I'll go and just sit in the garden or I'll sitting i've got sort of some vegetables and things down the side i'll just sit out there and beautiful you know yeah just take five or ten minutes just to you know just breathe and just listen to nature i suppose christy's really been um really been proactive in doing the mental reps too haven't you Mm, yeah so i listen to Lot, well, I listen to you guys, but I also do a lot of reading around it, around it even um, just Instagram. So I've got like Don, Don Miguel Ruiz. So I just I'll flick if I'm feeling a bit yeah, with things, I'll flick through that like a magazine and just, you know, sometimes you just see one little message and you go, yeah, that's right, you know, and it puts you back on track. I don't so, know if you saw this on I, I, I follow Don Miguel as well, but he has the ability to put things in such simple terms. But I, I he posted one the other week and I said to my phone and it was just simply, you are the force that opens the rose. And yeah. I was just like, oh, my God, Don, thank you. I felt good for the rest of the day after reading that. <laughs> <laughs> how, how did you interpret that one, Ash? What did that mean to you at the time? Um, well, so there's, as it's my, I suppose, spiritual view that, you know, I have this body and this mind and, you know, I'm made up of all these chemicals and everything, but there's something that animates this body and gives it life. If you've ever seen a, a dead body, it looks like a human, but something's gone. It's like, you, yeah, that's what they say. Like when someone dies, I, he or she is gone. So what part of them's gone? Cause they look the same. And then you can go down different paths and call it spirit, soul, whatever it is. Just, I just see it as energy. So there's an animating force that's animating all of our bodies right now. And, you know, I just, I have a very strong, you know, belief the same as Don Miguel, that that energy that's animating our bodies is also, it's just life. It's what grows a tree. It's what sprouts an acorn into an oak tree. Or in this, in this version, it's the, the force that um, opens a, a beautiful rose. So just realizing that just where we're life doing itself. And um, once again, that gets us out of our ego and, and taking things personally. Yeah. It's interesting when you read, Something as simple as the four agreements and clients love it because of how simple it is. Um, and and it's, and it's an easy read. It's a lovely intro to, to this path, I suppose. But I like to read it once a year or so. And it, it's, it's, you know, it's exactly the same words, but you can read it as a completely different book based on how you're feeling at the time or what's going on. So any of these memes or, or you know, posts on Instagram or books or whatever, we're interpreting it completely differently based on what we need at the time. So you you could have skipped over that and just it would have it wouldn't have resonated with you at all, Hass, because that part of you or that energy within you wasn't seeking it. But but when you, you know, oh ding, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, because it's going through our we're different, our filters are different, and you know, like to, to use the extreme, like I always say, like you know, 
back when I was a drug addict, if you started talking to me about this stuff, I'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I'd tell you to bugger <laughs> off, you know, whereas now I just love, I devour this stuff in books and everything. So, you know, we're, we're always different, you know, so t- timing is, is so critical with this stuff as well. And I, I think that comes mm. down to, to, to grace at the end of the day, you know? So, so tell us about these mental reps, Christy, how are we employing those? Well, so the meditation I do, as I was saying, I do a lot of reading, but also um, I've talked to Nick a lot about, it, you know, I think I've always been a bit of a people pleaser. I've tried to fix everybody and everything. and Just stop doing that and I put boundaries down as well. I think that's, and that's against my, you know, grain completely. Your programming. You know, yeah, it really was. I remember Nick saying to me, you've got to get tough. You've got to use the same, you know, strategies, you know, the same language that, you know, these different um, situations needed, I suppose. And yeah, so, it was, Sometimes thinking, we need to work in, in other mean, people's so, models, not, not, in, yes. not, not from our model. So we need to yeah. teach in a way that people learn, uh, not in a way that we teach. So, yeah, so if, if, so if we're trying to communicate something and the person's not getting it, mm-hmm. it's not landing, we have to look at uh, how am I framing it for them, and how, how am I delivering? It? And oh, their model's completely different to my model. I've got to, I've got to use their model to to get this through to them. Something else too, like I think I've always lived in fear, and Nick was very much you write this down. He goes, you need to live in trust. You know, trust that these people love you, and trust you know that everything's going to be okay. The world's not going to come to an end, kind of thing. And I. That was a big one because I constantly needed reminding of that. Like, so I used to I'd have the book open in front of me and just, you know, stick with what I thought was, you know, the right, you know, the right thing to do. Or, yeah, yeah. I love that. And and, and how Chris, was Chris, Chris sorry, come along? Sorry, how's Chris? Yep. Chris has come such a long way from from where she was, and that that anxiety driving so much of her behaviour and so much of how she felt and 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 what she was thinking, and everything. So. You know, once again, she's a she's a wonderful example of when you do the work and, and put so much time and effort into yourself, then then all the other sort of components of your work start. You know, experience them a bit differently. But the mental reps that we're talking about with Christy was just teaching her to be aware. You know, the first step to change is awareness. But in terms of a mental rep, it's just catching yourself. So she started learning how to catch her thoughts or catch her, her feelings. So catching yourself in a distortion or in a disturbance. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm in suffering or, oh, I'm using should or, oh, I'm taking this personally. So that having that awareness gave her the capacity to, to sort of suddenly stop. And then she'd have a laugh at how irrational she was being because she wanted the whole universe to operate around her or she wanted other people to be different to how they were or whatever the case may be. Um, so, yeah, so she'd have she'd have a laugh, and then she'd pull herself back, you know, into neutral instead of out of that destructive space and into that neutral. And just started to observe the reality of what is again. What's what's really happening here? Um, okay, cool. It doesn't mean anything. It's just I'm observing it objectively. Right? How do I want to feel? How do I, what's the what's the best course of action to take from here? So then she could change into constructive thinking, be more solution oriented. You know, let go of her attachments that were creating her suffering and and in, in turn liberate her mind from those distortions and come back down from that height and space and just move forward again with that compassion and empathy and stop making it about her hmm. um, and make it about the other people. So, you know, doing 
seeing Christy for the first time, it was like someone who came into the gym who'd never done a bicep curl, basically, and and there was this you know, ex- expectation that I should I should be able to lift all these weights, and I should be able to have happy, healthy relationships, and I should be feeling good all the time, and like yeah, but you've never you've never exercised this part of you that that creates that. Oh, okay. So we started her off with very light half kilo dumbbells mentally and, and gradually she's been working on her way up. So that's that's mm. you know how we, we frame it in terms of um looking at it through the physical health perspective for the mental health. Something else I found really helpful, Ryan, was you talking about your drug addiction because I, one of my siblings um, since he was a teenager has had, you know, quite um, a big problem with addiction. And while I had compassion for him, and I, I, I do have compassion for him, I was really angry as well because, you know, he, you know, took a lot of money off my dad and my dad's disabled. He's in a, in a nursing home now. He's quite young. He was hit by a car when he was 18. So I, I had compassion but I had anger, but I just went straight into full compassion after I listened to, I think it was one, I can't remember what episode, but you were talking to your mum and you, and she's going through your bills, going, why didn't you pay your bills? And you, you just, <laughs> you know, you're going, because I just wasn't, they weren't even on my radar. And I just think, you know, there was nothing malicious. I, I now see that there was nothing, there was no intent on my brother's behalf. He just had this mission to get drugs and, you know, and I think that's so freeing to just finally be at that space because, you know, and I, yeah, it just—it's just—it's such a relief, actually, to be, you know. Well, it's a relief for you because, like, I get to be compassionate and not angry anymore, you know. Yeah. And then there's always a reason why people do things, and it's generally not to hurt other people unless they're really, really hurting themselves inside. And then if we realise yeah. they're hurting inside, then, you know, we um we can go into compassion. And yeah, yeah, I remember that conversation with my mum. <laughs> Oh, there was like there was like uh, that, a, a set of letters that high of like speeding fines, red light fines, this and that, and she's like, you know, weren't you thinking about this? Why are you adulting? I'm like, mum, I was, uh, what was it? I, I, my whole day was buying, using, and selling drugs, and I was working out, you know, how I could create this new device that I could smoke ice through better and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, I wasn't worrying about my speeding tickets. I remember I'd see the flash going to do a drug deal. I'm like, there's another one. There's another one. Whatever. So, um, you know, it's like you said, it's not on your radar. We, uh, you know, we all live by a set of values, and when we're in addiction, those values are drivers and everything else is uh, out the out the window. But you know, like I've spoken about on episodes before, uh, we all carry guilt and shame for the things that we do um, in that state, even though at the time the action seems selfish. So, um, yeah, compassion. until we until we forgive ourselves or understand what was going on. So, yeah, it's like when like we when we when we when we come out of the haze, and this is where a lot of people get in trouble. And we cover this in um, uh, a families of addiction course. Because say someone comes out of an addiction, then all of a sudden you sort of see the reality of what's happened during your addiction. Mm-hmm. You're kind of in this haze. There's, yeah, there's, there's all these money issues. You see how much you've hurt your family. You see what you've done with your relationships and that kind of thing. And then all of a sudden that brings up all this guilt and shame. But then, you know, that leads people to go back and 
use again a lot of the time because it's very hard to face that reality i was lucky enough to have a very compassionate mother who's like all right she asked that question but then she's like all right let's let's try and get this stuff sorted and get this stuff paid off you know so i was able to let that go um christy question i have for you is you spoke about being um you know a people pleaser um so and a lot of people will resonate with this so the the, the way that obviously that looks on the other side of the coin is setting healthy boundaries and also be being able to say no from an empowered position and i'd really like to know what your experience of that was when you first started doing that because like i said that goes against your programming that's yeah no that was really really hard because um Okay, so I, I was at a point when I was about 40 that I, you know, there was some stuff going on with my brother. My mother was really angry with me because I was flagging it. And anyway, and, and there's a long history there. I won't, you know, bash the, I don't want to bash them. They, you know, they've got their own stuff. But there were problems. And I was, I said to mum, you know, um, I booked in to go and see a psychologist actually. I said, we, you know, we can't change the past, but we've got to move forward. We can't keep having this so and I and I didn't my brother was still using and whatever at that point so I didn't take him with us I thought you know hopefully he'll be I think but my mum walked out she's like no you're the one with the problem we haven't got a problem see you later and that's what put me into such a deep pit I just thought who's you know so I had this I always chased this utopian family I you know I thought it was out there silly silly me (laughs) but um yeah it just yeah, um, what was the question again? The question was around when you first started, you know, um, saying no or setting boundaries. Because it's very interesting yeah. to me because, you know, there was a study done years ago and it was, you know, talking about, it was actually to do with our values as men and women and how they change. Yeah. It was actually how they change after a, a, a spiritual experience. But you can even talk yeah. about it after going through working on yourself. Yeah. But, with, um, but with women um, initially, and this is very uh, cultural thing, with their list of values, there was all these things like, you know, being, you know, a good mom or family or blah, blah, blah. But, but me, like me as a human wasn't even on the list or it was very, very low on the list. And I think this is where yeah. we fall into the people pleasing. So yeah, just, just your experience of, you know, being able to say no and, and set those healthy boundaries. Yeah. That's really only something that's come recently. And I kind of didn't even notice it happening actually. Um, I actually had a call from my brother and he's, you know, he wanted to sort things out, but there's, there's really a lot of stuff. And and I said, look, I'll think about it, but uh, I, I need to think about it, you know. Mm-hmm. And anyway, I, I said, you know, I'm really wanting to have a, you know, a great life and it sounds like things are back on track, but I said, I don't think it's the right thing for me or my family. But, you know, there was really a lot that went on. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, I just, that was so hard to do, but I thought it was really the right thing for me, you know. Yep. And Nick was, you know, had the courage to be disliked. So I was like, yeah. <laughs> you know, it is. It's, I don't, I've never put boundaries around people. I've always gone, oh, yeah, no, we'll fix it. Don't worry. We'll, you know, trying to, you know, have this Brady Bunch family and whatever, which just doesn't exist really. We like, spoke anyway. about the, you know, the philosophy that those who get upset when you set boundaries were those that were benefiting from you having none to begin with. Yeah. So, uh, if you set a boundary and someone has a problem with it, then that's on them. It's got nothing to do with you. It's um, you, and as you were alluding to earlier, has um, in that survey, it's so often when we're doing a discovery session, we go through people's priorities. Women predominantly will, you know, we're we're talking about work, family, friends, hobbies, and the self, and and they'll sit there. So 
they'll have all these options to choose and to put them in order. And I'll go family, um, work, friends, hobbies. And I'm like, okay, so you've put four on there. That's good. And how many how many options were there? One, two, three, four, five options. Uh, and then it dawns on them. They're like, oh, and I'm like, yay, you're an afterthought. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. So if you're not even prioritizing you, you collectively are your mental health, your physical health, your nutritional health. Um, you know, let's, let's sort of score those components out of 10. And usually it comes in between about, 10 or 20 between 10 and 15 out of 30 so they're not even operating sort of half their capacity but they have these expectations that i should be a great mother i should be a great role model i should be a wonderful um, nurse i should be you know having really healthy relationships with my family and friends and you know i should have time for my hobbies and everything but they're not prioritizing the one thing that all those elements have in common which is Mm. you yeah and that's something that you highlighted to me. You know, it's about having having healthy relationships with people, not ones where I'm just trying to please them all the time and, you know, keep everybody happy and whatever. Well, and, you keep giving your power away. If you keep pleasing people, you keep operating on their terms all the time and you keep walking on eggshells and it's such a disempowering way of existing. It's just, uh, oh, well, if I do this, then that's going to happen. And, and yeah. you know, I've been, my marriage was sort of similar to that. I had to walk on eggshells a lot and, um and we build we build yeah. resentment in the system, and even yeah. if not, not not consciously, but it starts mm-hmm. to like stew in here because all of a sudden we're trying to give to everyone else, we're given to work, our partner, our friends, and all this kind of stuff, and so this resentment cup just starts to fill up more and more, and there's nothing worse for our mental health than than a lot of resentment in the system. Resentment, you know, Gabo Mate calls it. There's suicide. nothing worse for a relationship than resentment. Mm. resentment's like a cancer for a relationship it's like rust in a car it's just once it's mm. in there it's very hard to get out yes mm. it, yeah definitely and i um for me i was always a very good historian so i could remember every rotten thing that anyone ever did to me like, and i don't I do remember, that i remember you saying that yeah oh man i was the best historian ever in the world and you know but you were proud of it too i remember that it was like the second yeah. session house and she was like oh and if someone does something to me, that goes straight in the memory bank. And I'm like, well, what's, what's the cognitive distortion? It's like disqualifying the positives. So she was just banking up all of these negatives. Yeah. And, and, and you, uh, filing them away is ammunition for later. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm so happy that that's gone because I really haven't had thoughts like that. For, I can't, like, you know, I kind of um, don't remember when this switch happened, but it's been for a couple of months now now. You know, I think the last few sessions I've got, yeah, it's such, a, it's such a relief just to be really free of that stuff, you know. Because yeah, it's, it's, it weighs a lot. you got to carry it around. It's like you got, you got, yeah. you got that, that, you know, it in the back pocket, all of the bad yeah. things that people do. Um, and that's the thing we do. We get proud of it. We're like, oh, well, oh, no, I've got it in the back pocket there if ever I need to bring it out. But, you know, it's just so freeing to let that stuff go. Mm, it is definitely actually it's creating anger it's creating anger and anxiety but you can hear you know the source of all suffering anger and anxiety and whatnot is is attachment so you can hear how attached she was to things from the past and and that you can hear the underlying expectation that that shouldn't have happened or they should have been different Mm. they should have you know you can hear the distorted attachment there so when she says it's good to be free of these things it's a very literal expression that 
you know, I'm free of attachment. And as a result, I'm now free of these distortions. I'm free to actually exist in the here and now instead of my memory sort of being triggered and dragging me back into the past, back eight years ago, and then all of a sudden I'm, I'm no longer present to choose, you know, make decisions in this moment. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm running circles back there and ingraining how bad it all was and, and just reinforcing that belief that this is a terrible person. Mm. Mm. so true just another resource for people Christy you literally said the words before uh, the courage to be disliked um, there's a book called that the courage to be disliked I can't remember the author now but for listeners that's a, that's a great book it's really really good have you read that one Nick oh, I haven't no yeah yeah so it's a resource for people the courage the courage to be disliked um, so where are things at now, Christy? What's sort of what's sort of happening in life at the minute with your, with your mental health, and you're sort of on this path of doing the work and and seeing Nick and and that kind of thing. Where are we? Where are so we going? We're, we're in the. I think I'm in the last semester or last um, couple of months. Term. I can't even remember. Last term. No, you're in term. You're in last term three. So you you you're, you're at monthly at the moment, and the last term we go out to six weekly. So it's sound. Uh, Do people get holidays or detention with this, Nick, or how does it work? Oh, no, there's there's push-ups involved. Um, <laughs> there's there is det- detention, um, yeah. but Chris is actually just getting out of her comfort zone a little bit more lately and changing, you know, jobs or still the same industry, but changing her position and and really making some some big changes out there because of all the shifts that have happened internally. So, um, how how's that for you, Christy? Yeah, it's good. It's been a huge um, learning curve, actually. Um, yeah, so my new job's not nursing. It's a nursing role, but I'm not physically nursing. It's um, a lot of IT, which I'm, you know, in the past I've been terrified of. But even today, just to, I've never sat in a Zoom meeting. They called it something else, my interview. But I'm thinking, oh, where's Angus? You know, I, I, I need my IT consultant. And um, I thought, no, I can do this. Just read what it says. So I downloaded the the Zoom thing and whatever. And I, like I didn't even really know what a download was about six months ago. So, you know, yeah. So that's, <laughs> can, you know, can, you hear, can you hear the sense of living in trust, Huss? Yeah. Uh, you know, she, she, she's not going, yeah, she's not going outside. She's sort of leaning into herself here. Yeah, well, the word, the yeah. words are, I can do this. I don't, I don't know how, I don't know how yeah. at the minute, but I can do this. Whereas most people are like, I don't know how to do this. Yeah. I can't do this. Yeah. Well, that, um, when I applied for this job, I looked at the position. I thought, I'm not qualified to do this. I thought, oh, I'll just have a go. And I, I did get my son to help me with the application because I, I didn't know how to attach files or any of that stuff. Anyway, they emailed me back and said, we can't open your file. We can't open the attachments. Can you please resend it through my Monash Health website? And I went, yeah, sure. Did you say I'm practising non-attachments? Yeah. Thanks, <laughs> 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 Dad jokes. Oh, anyway, so so I had to do it myself because there was no one around and I had to have this in. It was the deadline. And I'm like, oh, my God. Honestly, anyway, I did it. I, I managed to upload it into the Monash Health website. I sent up an application. It was like I'd gone tats lotto. I was like, honestly it's one of the biggest buzzes i've had for really a long time i was just like yeah this is i can do it opens you up because once you do it then then you go what else can i do you know that i've been that i've been putting limitations on myself and by the way nick that that's that's your best joke so far 
on the show. That was a class A dad joke. I, 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 I think you may have peaked. I don't know if you're ever going to get... I think uh, this is, yeah. I mean, this is your crowning good. moment. I'm, re- I'm retiring from dad jokes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, like I, I lolled. I, I lolled over here. I know. It was an extensive lull from you. Yeah, um, I had to try and hold it back a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I, I was good. If <laughs> I didn't like have headphones on, I may have ruffled. <laughs> it was like when we played golf and played so well, I didn't play for a year afterwards. I just hung up the clubs. Yeah. Um, but for the listeners, when Christy said it gave us such a buzz, that, that buzz was um a sense of empowerment that was that was such a an ingraining moment and and you can it was the constructive thinking that i can mentality instead of the i can't mm-hmm. and the more we do that the more it builds those really important internal foundations like self-worth self-respect self-love self-discipline but also self-belief so getting out of our comfort zone and right i don't know how to do it but i'm going to give it a crack i'm going to trust that i'll figure it out and then when i achieve it yes i can do it i did it awesome what's the next thing what's the next thing and and as you start getting momentum down that stream instead of getting momentum down the 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 not so nice stream so yeah and and you're getting you're getting you know new neurological pathways you're getting dopamine flooding the brain and and this is the kind of thing that people start to you know use alcohol or drugs or that kind of thing to get and you can just get it by challenging ourselves and um realizing that we have a lot more capacity than we thought we did in the past yeah Mm -hmm. i'm doing it with my motorbike at the moment i bought a new bike and i'm I'm really just trying to get on the wrenches, you know, get the spanner out and do this and do that instead of relying on a mechanic to do it. You know, I know it's going to take me a lot longer than it would take a mechanic. Um, but, you know, and it's not for, for major things, but it's like, all right, I'm going to give it a crack first. And when you sort of do it, you know, you've got a few cuts and bruises and, uh, you know, a bit of this, bit of that going, but you're like, yeah, you stand back, you're like, look what I did. It's, it's, I'm just going to yeah, marinate you, in this dopamine for a little bit. Yeah, you value, you also value it more. There's this wonderful story uh, I heard of, um, there was a guy and he, he was a self-made multimillionaire. So he'd come from nothing and um, obviously built this amazing business or whatever he did and, and he had his daughter and so she was obviously born into into wealth but because he came from nothing he's like you know i want her to value things like and it was her 16th birthday or whatever and it's a thing in in the states you buy your son or daughter a car when they turn 16 and so he she wanted this fancy car or whatever and he's like all right i'm gonna buy it for her but what he did he bought it and he hired a mechanic to come and um, I think I've told this Nick, have I? You're nodding as I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. And anyway, they yeah. dis they disassembled uh, the entire car. So on her birthday, they opened the garage door and say, "Happy birthday, honey!" And there's a car literally in parts, right? But it's the car she wanted. And so he hired this mechanic, and over the next couple of months, the daughter and the mechanic rebuilt the car together right yeah. and so and so and he was saying that she'd had that car for however long it never got a scratch on it she looked after it perfectly because she valued it so much whereas if you just bought her the car she'd be like oh cool free car off dad and probably treat it like crap i've got a similar so much so much value in that yeah, yeah. similar story to that i remember our daughter turned 18 and she bought my old car off us and she said to me at the time you know mum all my friends from Brighton, their mum and dad buy them a brand new car. All my Hampton friends, they get their parents' second-hand car and I've got to buy mine. And I said, but you're going to appreciate that more. I said, you've done it yourself, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, she recently bought her own unit. She saved up, bought her own unit. 
and quite a few of her friends were getting money given to them and, you know, buying properties and stuff. She's nearly 25, our daughter. And anyway, she, she said to me one day, you know, you're right, Mum, remember you said about the car? She said, you know, I know I've done this myself, you know. She said, and there's so much more satisfaction out of that than, you know. Yeah, but no, it is. It's, it's that's beautiful, positive programming, and it's and it's like you're what you teach, Nick. Like that's it's harder in the moment because there's a lot yeah. of resistance in the moment, but it does pay yeah. off later on. You know, that's why so many um, lottery winner, winners end up um, very, very yeah. unhappy people. You know, there, yeah. there was there's a study done that people who become paraplegics or quadriplegics end up being happier than people who win the lottery. Right, because, totally. you know, I've got all this. So, money. When you when you and Mel when you and Mel come home, you're making Tommy swim back, or um, <laughs> maybe row a boat. Okay, that, yeah, that's probably the only way we're going to get home at the minute. To be honest, we're <laughs> <laughs> coming on a boat. Imagine, imagine how buff he'd be by the time he got home, and he'd be like three oh, years mate. old with just these Popeye arms. And <laughs> I'm just feeding him spinach from while I'm while I'm kicking while I'm kicking back. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, I think we're at the uh, end of this episode. Let's um. Uh, been an hour already. I know it's flown by, hasn't it? Bloody hell, it goes so yeah. fast. Yeah. Um. Christy, what advice do you have for people who are maybe, you know, maybe they have tried things in the past, maybe they haven't, but maybe they're like, hey, I've got these negative thought patterns or these behaviours that keep showing up in my life and I'm kind of on the fence of reaching out for help. Like what what advice do you have for them based on your journey? Um, Just do this because it is such a good tool. It's um, so... It's why I kind of manipulated my son into doing the, the course because I thought it's just such a great tool for life, you know, and, you know, maybe he's not doing it, he hasn't done anything else since, you know, then, but, hope, you know, hopefully he remembers this and he'll go back to it if, you know, ever the, you know. Nick, Nick is a great well, you, tool. You threw your son in here yeah. under, under the guise of it would help his golf. So you're very, you're very clever, clever mothering there. It was golf's important to him. If he goes and gets his mental health in shape and trains his mind, it'll help him become a better golfer. Um, so, yeah, and he was great to work with. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, we've spoken about values a lot on the show, but it's so important to understand that every human being lives by a hierarchy of values and they're all different. It's like a f- personal fingerprint. And if we can start to speak to people in their values, we can communicate, you know, a lot better, you know, like Mal, my partner, Mal just loves business and all that kind of stuff. So if I can explain how me going to play golf or something like that is going to be good for our business, then she's like, Oh, go for it, babe. No yeah. problem. <laughs> but if I'm just like, I want to go and play golf. She's like, no, you're not going to go for four hours, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I mean before is we got, we got to work in other people's models. Yeah. Yes. So it's, it's, it's exactly the same thing. I think the other thing, important thing too, is it's got to come from yourself. You can only fix yourself. Nobody else can do that for you. And I think, you know, that's where the work's really important because, you know, it took me ages. I'd go into Nick and say, oh, I understand everything you're saying, but I, you know, I'm falling off the wagon quite often, you know. And then all of a sudden, you know, you just you keep absorbing this stuff every day. You, um, you know, you're reading and you're, you know, you catching yourself mental reps and you're doing the mental reps and and eventually it does stick like it really does it really does and i think it's so important like it's such a good tool i think you can't just go and sit and talk about your problems or whatever and expect them to go away that's you know you're not going to like it's there's nothing proactive about that and i think this you know this is just a great thing you know it's a, it's a yeah 
yeah, yeah, do the workouts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's like you know thinking about it as our diet. We've probably spoken about this before, but our diet. You know, people get really fixated on their diet and what I'm putting in my body and for whatever goal it is. But also everything that we take into our consciousness is our diet as well. So it's like you know going and seeing Nick or myself or another practitioner. You know, that's part of our diet that we're taking in. What we're reading, what we're listening to, it's all part mm-hmm. of our diet. And you know, if I'm if I'm putting garbage into my brain, then um, my mental health's going to struggle. Right. I'll send you a photo soon. I, had a, I, I often tell clients to write all this stuff down on post-it notes and stick it up around their bathrooms and bedrooms and house and whatnot. Just so you don't have to consciously focus on it. Yeah, that's one. <laughs> that's one. <laughs> you don't have to consciously focus on it, but even if it's just in your peripheral, you'll still subconsciously be absorbing it. So you'll be, you'll be learning without even thinking about it. Um, and I had a client send me a phone and he goes, post-it notes weren't big enough, so I sent through these big A4 with massive textures all over and it's like discomfort precedes success and you can do it. And it's like put these A4 sheets of paper all over his house. <laughs> I'm like, oh, whatever works for you, bud. He's going for it. <laughs> He's like, Nick, post-it notes weren't big enough. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Chrissy, thank you so much for joining us today. I've loved hearing yes, about thank you. you and your story. And I think it's something that a lot of our listeners are going to identify with. And um, you're clearly someone who um, does the work and didn't have the expectation that we were just, you know, you were going to get fixed like that. But it's a combination of, you know, doing the work, seeing someone who you really resonate with and, and making it a lifestyle. Yeah, thanks for having she, me. She, she also, and Chrissy, I think you know this as well, but she, she had the underlying emotional intelligence there that we could tap into, and that's what we've been sort of elevating and growing. But she, she, she had this self-awareness. She just didn't know. She didn't have the tools and resources. So, you know, it's just she's come and we've just tried to complement her with those things, and then, you know, mm-hmm. she, we've guided and facilitated, but she, you know, she has been the one that's, that's done all the work. So I hope she's feeling proud of herself and what she's achieved and, and knows that there's a whole lifetime ahead of her of continuing doing this now. We can't rest on our laurels. True. You know what it was that uh, resonated in the podcast at first was the adult tantrum and not getting what you want. And I thought, oh, well, I've been having an adult tantrum for six years and I'm like, you know what? I think a lot of people can identify with that. It's a lot of energy, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, anyway, hopefully I'm out of those terrible tantrums. So, (laughs) it's not just the terrible twos. Yeah. Well, we talk about emotionally maturing and emotionally developing and evolving. So, you have. So, yeah, your your capacity to have those tantrums is is far less than what it was at the start of this journey. Well, you can't. Kind of don't let yourself get away with it. You might have that fleeting thought, but then you bring. Oh, oh, there was there's a nugget there, and I've lost it. I think I think she was about to say that you, you you catch yourself a lot earlier than um than you do. You know, you see yourself going down the, the path, and you catch yourself. You know what's happened? What's that? She's become enlightened. She has. She's oh, she's back. She's back from enlightenment. No. She... <laughs> Oh, I thought, I thought you'd gotten. In, I thought you'd gained enlightenment, Kristen. You just disappeared. Yeah, I thought you two had frozen. Actually, looking a bit. Yeah. <laughs> my, my, I've got terrible internet in my at our house, as you know. We've had some pretty. That's patchy. okay. We've, we've, 
we've got through. So um, yeah, I think it's a really valuable show for for lots of listeners out there. They'll, they'll take lots of takeaways for for people, both um, who have done the work, and it'll be a reminder of, of their journeys, but also for people on the on the cusp of getting on this train. So um, yeah, thank you so much, Christy, for for taking an hour of your day to to sit with us and share. Thanks for having me and thank you so much for putting that podcast out in the atmosphere because really it's just saved me. It really, really has. Oh, so, Christy. And thanks for stroking my I'm ego have to today. Send Mal a message. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm going to have to send Mal a message I, saying, I, can you yell at mine for the other? I, it is such a, it's a great thing. Anyway, thanks again. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening. All right, guys. We'll see you all next week. Peace out. Thank you for tuning into the Woke Blokes podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show. Also, leave us a five star rating. We thank you so much, and we'll see you all next time.